Hey. Let's go. Black girls read. What up, what up? Black girls read. What up, what up? Jamie. What up, what up? Erica. What up, what up? Gianna. What up, what up? Black girls read. What up? Welcome to the first official episode of Black Girls Read 2 Podcast. <laughs> Today we'll be going over our first book, which is The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. So first, we're going to go over the five languages so you all understand what the languages are that we're going to be discussing. And then we'll jump off into explaining our primary uh, love languages and, you know, get into some girl chat. So let's go. Who's first? Okay, I'll go first. So first one I'm going to do is words of affirmation, which includes compliments, saying I love you, encouraging words. So what's some examples of love of affirmation you all have? Some examples of what, sis? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So what's some examples of words of affirmation that you all have? Well, let's start off by making sure it's known. That we're good and single, okay? (laughs) We're going to be pulling from past relationship experiences, what we want to see in the future, you know, because your girl is single. As mentioned in the intro, tell your man to follow me on Instagram. We're not going to bring that into the episodes. Okay, sis. Okay. So words of affirmation. What's some stuff y'all like to hear when y'all in relationships? Words of affirmation. um, Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you. Okay. That's a good um, one. I love you. Tell me you love me. Uh, Stuff like, <laughs> oh, you look beautiful today. Yeah. I mean, this stuff not important to me, but, you know, that's some stuff that's important yeah. to other females. I feel like words of affirmation is like, you know, when you get dressed and you cute and you come out and your man say, oh, you look good today. Like, oh, yeah, that's good. Those are words of affirmation for me, things mm-hmm. that are important to me. Or just like, even if you're doing something good, like... I don't know. Like you, you made that bed, boo. Like, <laughs> oh wow, you made that bed. You made that bed. You know what? I'll do that though. <laughs> if I get out the shower and come out into the room and the bed is made, I'm like, oh wow, you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a hand clap, okay? Or yeah, that's good. I guess it would be personal experience, like. If somebody said, oh, you is singing the hell out of that song in the car or something, I would be like, oh, God, <laughs> thank you. So it just depends on you. But yeah, just positive words of encouragement from your spouse. Yeah, yeah I agree. Okay. The second one, quality time. And I think that's self-explanatory, but it's mostly like your undivided attention, like not on your cell phone or just watching TV. It includes quality conversation. Yeah, that's true. In-depth conversations. Conversations that you don't have with nobody else or that you don't feel comfortable having, which is anybody, you know? I want to talk to you. Yeah. And I think important thing of quality time is just <laughs> important part of quality time is knowing, like, you set that time aside for me. Like, it's not just your normal, oh, we just sit here watching TV. It's like, okay, let's turn off the TV and let's talk about this. So tell me how your day was. Tell me how your week was. Like, oh, I see this is going on. Like, what's bothering you? You know, mm-hmm. just quality conversation that you took the time to think about. Think about me. But it don't have to just be like, you know, talking. It's all. It also includes like dates and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, make them reservations. So I know you want to spend time with your girl. Only me reservation for Two. <laughs> <laughs> Not reservation just for two. Two. 
What you want to call? <laughs> for two. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so that's the first two. What's the third one? Receiving gifts. So receiving gifts can be um thoughtful gestures, maybe like a favorite candy or maybe a flower. Mm-hmm. Or something of that nature. It doesn't necessarily have to be like anything worth value. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think receiving gifts is one that you can see not only with your spouse, but like, I know, for example, in the book, they talked about a child coming home from school with a gift that they made for their mother. That's something to show love from child yeah, to mother. So it doesn't have to be stuff that's necessarily expensive. Even though, don't get us wrong, it can be. It can, but, but it, it doesn't have to be sometimes. often. Like, you yeah. know, it, the small things count as well. Yeah. And, like, in the book, it mentions that receiving gifts is, like, a visual symbol of love. You know, like your wedding ring. Like, you have that on your finger all yeah. the time to remember, oh, my husband got this for me. He loves me. Or just, like, I don't know, you go on your first date and he gives you some type of gift and you just keep it all the time, like, by your bedside. So even yeah. when you're mad at him, you like, you look at this and, like, okay, I remember he loves me. Yeah. It's a reminder. Do you guys remember life? in the um in the book? I think a couple went to like a baseball game and she had the baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was saying that if the house caught on fire, he know for a fact that's the first thing she grabbed, and she had it ever since their first date. So like just little small things like that, like you know, matters. And you don't um know, but later on in your marriage, say she's had that baseball for ten years. Y'all going through a rough patch, and I don't know, she's looking for something besides that. On the dresser, you never know. She might see that and remember y'all first date, and that would help her through like the rough times of your marriage. So, yeah, gifts yeah. are important not only when you give it, but they might have a lasting effect. And yeah. I think the fact that they don't have to be expensive is very important. Like, just know my favorite candy, or like just buy one single rose that you saw on the way home on the street. Like, it doesn't have to be something expensive. It just shows me like, oh, you thought you took time to think about me. And that makes me feel loved. Yeah, yeah. you ain't giving nobody else roses. You bought that rose for your. You better not be. <laughs> did did Wait, you buy two? two? Wait, what? <laughs> did you buy two? Why uh, would you? Think? Maybe one for his mom and one for you. Uh, Can you send me some kind of the proof? Proof that your mama got that one. Would you know, be in the picture like? Oh God, I'm just saying. Nah, we're receiving gifts. That's important. I know. And the next one is acts of service. So acts of service could be cleaning the car, vacuuming the laundry, doing the laundry, wiping wiping the baby's face, <laughs> taking out the trash, taking out the trash, making up the bed. I mean, just little small things around the house. I feel like I feel acts like of service. I feel like acts of service gets. Like, people try to put gender roles on acts of service. Yeah, so like, true. oh, only the woman should do the dishes. Or only the guy should take out the trash. Yeah. Well, well I mean, it just depends on what works for you and your relationship. But I don't think there should be gender roles attached to um, certain acts. Like, yes, yeah, like a man can do laundry. Something. Yeah, he yeah. can do laundry or fold up the clothes. Yeah. Or yeah. wash the dishes. He can. Yeah. Or even if that's not something that, like, it is something that the woman normally does. You can show love by doing it sometimes, too. And acts of service is so easy to do. Like, take out the trash, and I'm happy. Like, it's not something that takes a lot of thought. Or or, effort. Yeah, do the laundry. Like, it's not a lot. It's an easy way to show that you love and care. And if you're normally the person that is big on giving gifts, and you're going through a rough financial 
situation, you can switch over to doing acts of service. It's stuff that's free to do. So you have to be creative in order to make your relationship work, I feel like. That's true. Uh, So we're on to number five. The last love language is physical touch. This is what most people think, which is sexual intimacy. But it's also things like hugs and kisses and rubbing someone's back. Or um, I know in the book, it gave an example of brushing past your spouse when you're walking by in the kitchen. Somebody that's love language is physical touch. Little stuff like that actually is important to them. Yeah. Or just like, you know, you land like you land in bed sleeping and then he just reach over and put his arm over you while you sleeping and it's like the best feeling in the that world. Your heart. <laughs> it feels my heart. <laughs> it's it's like, like, even in your sleep, yeah, you're thinking you. of me. Yes. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Or like, um, say you go to work earlier than I do and you finish getting ready and you come and give me a forehead kiss before you leave. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, just that little bit of or like holding hands or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just simple stuff. Yeah. It doesn't have to last long, and it doesn't have to be like a serious act. It could be something so simple as a forehead kiss or holding my hand in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Simple stuff. Yeah. And I, in the book, it said like if you like give me a kiss or a hug before I leave home, like it makes me excited to come back to you. Whenever it's time yeah, to come true. back home, yeah. you're excited. So you speeding through your work and stuff, <laughs> yeah. and speeding to get back home. Right. Yeah. My man gets like a hundred likes. Nothing at this job can bother me today. I'm going <laughs> home to my man. Like forget all of y'all. You looking at your coworkers like, oh y'all trying me today, but guess what? I got waiting after work. A hug and kiss from old boy. So <laughs> try me. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, so those are important. I guess we can move on to, like, what's your primary love language as you found from reading the book? Well, I can start. So my primary love language is quality time. Well, okay, so I had difficulty deciding mine at first because I wasn't sure if it was quality time or words of affirmation. But a chapter in the book says to just think, like, what makes you upset when your spouse doesn't do it? Like someone I'm with or dating, like if they say we're going to hang out and then they cancel and don't come, that pisses me off like no other. That pisses a lot of people off, sis. Yeah. So that just like helped me decide that quality time is mine. And quality time for me, like it says undivided attention, but for me, it's we can sit and watch Netflix and both be into the show and it's good. Like I'm happy. My like love tank, which they talk about in the book a lot, your love tank. My love tank is full, like just sitting there watching TV. Yeah, my secondary one, I kind of think it's like almost tied is words of affirmation. And me, it's not necessarily like just compliments like telling me I'm beautiful but just like saying I love you or just encouraging me like you know I'm seeing I'm doing like I'm doing something different at work or something you know like say oh I think you can do that like I believe in you just your words of like saying you believe in me would I don't know I guess give me that extra oomph to get it done yeah Yeah. I agree those are important to me too what about you what you think is your most um, important? So it's crazy because initially I thought my love language was acts of service because I'm big on like, like you said, washing the dishes and different things like that. But then as I read, I start noticing that quality time was, but not like watching TV or maybe going out on a date, like in a restaurant. Like I like things like that, but intimate conversations is like my you know, choice of quality time, like just 
no distractions, just me and you talking, you figuring out like what I have going on, vice versa, and we like just having deep conversations. So that was it for me. And then for secondary, I think it's acts of service. Um, I like stuff like roses or just different things, different gestures that shows that you actually care and that you're paying attention. So I think those are for me. Those are it for me. Okay, so I guess I'm the different one in the group because <laughs> I, from reading, I think my, well, no, I know my um, primary love language is physical touch. And um, for me, let me think of examples why. So I think a good way to explain it is like, say you get in an argument with your spouse. And I think physical touch is like one of the easiest things to take away when you're mad at someone, but say we get an argument and we stop talking for like 30 minutes, an hour, we go to bed. You're still giving me that kiss that you give me every night before bed or in your sleep, you're still cuddling with me. I think those are like great ways to show that you still love the person. And even though we're having difficulty or not seeing eye to eye, you don't take those things away, I guess. So physical touch is my primary and I love it, love it, love it. So why do y'all think that knowing the five love languages is important for everyone? I think people love differently and you can be giving someone that's like their primary language is like acts of service. You could be giving them like physical touch and that doesn't necessarily do it for them. So then there's like a conflict there. And when you actually take the time to actually get to know that person's physical, I mean, that person's love language. I think you're able to communicate better and things just run smoothly because you know you know that they like this or they appreciate that and then vice versa. So I think it's extremely important, especially before you get married. I think that's a huge thing and a conversation that you need to have with your significant other, like, you know, before you take a big step. Yeah, and I think in the book, they talked about how say you have one primary love language that like tops all the rest um let's just say physical touch but um say your spouse is doing all of the other four like all the time and the only thing that's lacking is physical touch you literally can feel unloved even though they're doing everything that they know to do to show you that they love you they're not catering to your actual love language and so you still don't feel loved so I think this book is like very important in our day and time where divorce rates are so high. And I think it's just because people don't understand how love works. Like love, like it says a lot in this book that love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is a choice. It's not like you're not just going, like you do meet somebody and then y'all set it off, whatever. And it talks about the in love phase, which lasts for maybe two years. And then after you get through that in love phase, you have to learn like, how do we still show love to each other? So if you already, before that phase is over, have already discussed the five love languages and know what your spouse's love language is, like the in love phase can never stop for you. Like you can just keep on loving each other, like doing your acts of service, physical touch, whatever is for that spouse. And then like your marriage is going to grow and prosper like all throughout the marriage. Yeah, I think that's important. Or just knowing that, Loving someone is going to be like a lifelong process. And so you need to understand that after that whole in love high goes away, you still have to put in work to show your spouse that you love them. And understanding their love language is like important. So, you know, 
that, I don't know, you just know the little things to do for 10 years, 20 years to make sure that your spouse doesn't get bored or um, doesn't start to feel unloved. Like, you know, ways to cater to your spouse specifically. Yeah. And I like that the book points out like in love, the whole in love phase, because I feel like us as millennials, we're like past that phase. We don't really realize it. And so we just think that the relationship is over. But if you actually you took the time to learn like someone's love language, then you're able to continue and it may blossom to something else. And maybe just maybe not. But I just think that's important to understand that you're not going to be on that high forever. Mm -hmm. Like it's not you know, realistic for you to be like in love, like in the clouds, your whole relationship. And once you come down off of that high, do you care to put in the work to continue to make it work? You know? Yeah, that's important. And I think this book is very universal. Like it's for everyone. It talks about example, like a, a couple that was married for 30 years and it completely turned their whole marriage around after 30 years. And they regretted that they didn't read the book before. And so it's like, it could be a couple that's brand new. I've heard one lady that was married tell me that her husband bought her this book on their very first date. Hmm. So it can be for like when you first start date and like you're not married, you want to read it before marriage, whenever you're married, you can read it when you're single. It also can apply to like your relationships with your family. It can apply to like your relationships with your children and how you love your children. Like it's just a universal book that can help you in like many aspects of life. Yes, as well as important to everyone, no matter how they like for it to be shown, everyone loves to feel loved. Yeah, yeah so true, I agree. It says it in the book how need for love, it must be met for us to just have emotional health. For you to be healthy, really, in any aspect of your life, you have to feel love. Most of the time when we hear about, you know, serial killers or people that have psych issues or whatever, it's usually rooted in they weren't loved as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that that's like really true. Like when you think about it and you look at stuff like that or you hear stories and then they like elaborate on their background, you're like, damn. Yep. You look at these people like they would never be in love. The behavior that they're showing is because they want that love. Mm -hmm. Everybody's a sucker for love. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Y'all a sucker for love? Oh, I'm a sucker (laughs) for love. But I'm not, no, I'm not stupid. Yeah. Like, I'm not looking for love. No, you're not de- you're not desperate for love. Yeah. yeah. I'm a sucker for real love. Yeah. That nineties R and B type of love. That Mary J. Blige love. <laughs> oh God. I can't wait. I know. Husband. I can't wait. I could just sing my nineties R and B songs to my husband and mean it for him. Like oh. Or meet finally meet somebody that you're not complaining about having to do these different like show these different love languages too it's like i want to do acts of service i want to have that physical touch for only you baby and i feel like it'll come natural for like the right person none of this will feel like you're forced to do and even if you are it's like you love that person so much that you don't even feel forced like you're like i'll do it even though i don't like doing acts of service i'm gonna do it and I think it's a good way to see how much someone cares about you. Yeah. If you tell them your love language and they go out of their way to make like you feel love, then it's like, okay, this is the one. But like if you tell them your love language and they don't they they don't implement it or like try to tell you that it's not important or stupid or like why would you want me to do that? I know I love you this way. Why don't you just appreciate the way that I love you? And you're like, Okay, well this person is immature and they're not ready to love me the way I want to be loved, so like 
is it even worth going like can I have a lifetime with this person when they're not going to love me the way that I want to be loved? Yeah, because it's not fair for you to understand their love language, care to cater to that love language, and they're not reciprocating it. It's a partnership. Mm-hmm. It yeah. should never go just one way. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe a lot of people like try to sacrifice and be like, oh, okay, well, he loves me this way. Like Maybe I can get used to being loved that way. But I think in the long run, those are the people that end up getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And you're under, not happy. or like you you just stick with it because maybe I have kids or something mm-hmm. and you're unhappy but you're just like I'm just gonna deal with it you know because he could be doing something else or or, or you seek that love in that form from like outside of your marriage yeah, that's true. and that's when you're really coming in with the complications like I feel like a lot of women it might be like 20 years into your relationship you're not having sex with your husband especially like a man whose uh, primary love language is physical touch. And then, you know, he's seen as the villain in the story because he goes out and, and finds that physical touch from someone else. It's like, but as a wife, you have to understand and cater to your man's love language mm-hmm. or figure out how to get that love going again. Yeah. But then, like you say, you know, like physical touch is something you can just take off the table or take away. So maybe some people feel like, well, if you're not willing to like figure out my love language, which may be this, then I'm not going to, you know. Yeah, then you're not touching me. You're not touching me. You're hurting yourself, sis. Yeah, you hurt yourself. But then I think there should be like a middle ground where that guy like, okay, you know, if I want physical touch and this is my love language, get to know hers. And then you know what I'm saying, and it'll it'll and work get out. Back to yeah. catering to yours, yeah, yeah. It's like a a give and take when yeah. in a relationship. Um, but do y'all ever think that people hear the love languages and use them against their spouse? It's like you know your um husband's primary love language is acts of service, and every time you're mad at him, you're not washing his clothes, mm-hmm. you're leaving dishes in the yeah. sink, you're telling him, no, you wash the kids tonight. You think? Yeah, I think I think women um. I think we can be very spiteful, and when we don't get our way, it's like, well, I want to do something that you don't like, or mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this because I know you like this. So I think that could be the case. Yeah. I think we're guilty of that. Oh, I'm guilty oh, of that. Guilty. <laughs> what I'm saying, you got to make sure you're not doing that, especially not for their primary love. Girl, you asking to be loved or asking yeah. to be cheated on, and yeah. then when he do it, you're mad. That man don't feel love. Yeah. People don't cheat. Well. People might cheat for fun, but I feel like people that go to counseling after something like cheating in a marriage, what do you call that? Adultery, yeah. right? They'll say, like, you're not catering to my love language. They didn't just go out there and say, oh, she pretty. I'm just going to cheat on my wife. It's usually something deeper rooted. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know because, you know, they say men just cheat. They could, They could just, it could be physical for them. So maybe they're just bored, but yeah, I guess it goes back to maybe they're not loved. Yeah. But then women do mix. it. Women do it as well, but it's more so like something that they're looking for. So yeah. I guess it. I mean, it, I feel like women are more likely to cheat because something mental is missing. Yeah. They're not just looking for all that physical high. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like there's something else going on when women cheat. Men, they really can be seduced and just be like, oh, I messed up, boy. Yeah. In the book, it talks about, um, like, at the end, it talks about, like, can relationships come back from cheating? Do y'all think that's possible? Oh, God, I feel like somebody whose primary love language is physical touch, 
that's like the one thing they can't get over. Mm-hmm. It's like you're given what I find, what I think to be the deepest type of love. You're giving that to someone else. Mm-hmm. How am I going to forgive that? Mm-hmm. Like you uh, decide that you're going to go out and buy your coworker flowers. Like what is that? Receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. And I catch you before you do anything deeper. That might not be as serious for me as the actual physical act of cheating. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know. I guess it depends on the. But person. that's always going to be in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah I mean, cheating you're in gonna general. Th- you're going to throw that up. Yeah, cheating in general isn't accepted. Like, yeah. But I'm saying, I feel like if you know for sure that's somebody's primary love language, that will cut deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's possible to come back from cheating just depends on like how it's handled like first of all if you come maybe i don't know most likely they aren't going to come in admit it you're going to find it out but just like if we i don't know if it's like maybe one time and we go and we talk and we figure out like why it happened and we work on like continue to work on us then i think it's possible but like i don't know if they're just like cheating and it's like after like continuous like all the time and it's like at that point like i don't know if it's possible because i just feel like you have so many insecurities at that point that yeah Yeah. and like if a kid is in the mix i think that's extremely hard Mm -hmm. because you're never going to forget that because you always gonna see that kid so that brings back Mm -hmm. memories oh they have a kid they have a kid from children that's just and you can't take it out on the kid no not at all and so every time you see that kid you're like oh it brings back so many memories so i don't me personally i don't know if i could deal with that or if i could come back from that yeah i guess it's important to go through counseling after something like that and try to figure out why your spouse would do such a thing. A woman is more prone to communicate like, this is what I need from you, this, that, and the third before taking that step to say, I'm going to cheat on you. Mm-hmm. A man may not even, he may not even tell you what you're doing to make him unhappy. Mm-hmm. He'll just go seek attention somewhere else. Yeah, and then once you realize, once y'all figure it out, he's like, oh, this is why I did it. And you're like, well, if you would have told me. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like they shut down and don't communicate with you why they shut down. So like sometimes you like may know something is up, but you don't know exactly. It's like, if you don't tell me what's up, then I can't, I can't change it if you don't tell me what's wrong, you know? Or they play tough and don't want to talk about their emotions. You see that something's wrong. You're asking them, what's wrong with you? What do I need to do to fix that? He's just like, just get off me with that. You didn't give me an opportunity to stop you before something bad happened. And now you want me to sit there and easily accept the fact that you cheated. You didn't give me an opportunity. Like, especially if it's something simple I can fix. Like, oh, I've been leaving the dishes in the sink. You cheated on me for a dish? Like, let yeah, me know. Like, Their stuff is stupid. Yeah. Let me know. Like, it's something that could easily be fixed. Yeah. Usually. It's tough. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It's not always going to so be difficult? happy, happy, joy, joy. You know, like it's inevitable that there are going to be hard times. It's just, do you know how to work through them? Are you doing your research, like reading books like the five yeah. love languages uh-huh. to make sure when those situations come up, you know how to react? But do you guys feel like millennials are more prone are more prone to like do the research to figure out love? Or do you think it's the older couples? Because I feel like I think it's older couples. I feel like dating nowadays is so easy to give up or it's so easy to leave one girl and jump into the next one all you got to do is download an app and boom it's another girl doing the same stuff Mm -hmm. that your girl was doing you don't try to work things out yeah not as much as older couples what says in the book how like 
the generation before us, like when their marriage wasn't working, they would just like suffer through it and just like be together and be miserable and like maybe be married but living in separate rooms or whatever. But then our generation is when things get rough, we just leave. Like we don't have to stay here. We can leave and we can go find something else. So we just leave. So and I think there's a lot of distractions like within our generation mm -hmm. where they're like so used to like sticking it out. Or have you ever heard stories where a man, maybe a man is cheating or he's not doing what he need to do, but because he's a provider and different mm -hmm. things like that, the woman may stay and then eventually they figure it out or they put the work in. But I think us as millennials, we're like, fuck it. Yeah, we don't have to do all this work. I don't have to do like, I'm not going to do this, you know. And most women these days have jobs and they have their own income. Yeah. So I don't have to stay with you for income. Yeah. I can I have my own, you know. And mm -hmm. I think that's an issue too. Like mm -hmm. now the tables turn where we don't really need men. It's almost like we want you but we don't need you. So if it don't work out, we could just cut ties, you know, and it's not like let's work it out or let's go to counseling or something like that. Y'all think social media and cell phones have something to do? With why people give up so easily, like embarrassment or um, being publicly embarrassed makes you like not even want to stay. Mm -hmm. Or cell phones are just so easy to pick up and call and vent to your family. Now your family's looking at him crazy. How mm -hmm. you come back from that? Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think like this relationship goes, relationship goes. Like it gives all like so many people unreal, like unrealistic ideas of what a relationship is. Like a relationship is not just taking pictures and going on vacations together. Like yeah, that's fun, but like relationship is also arguments and disagreements and like your spouse is gonna get on your nerves but you gotta know like how to deal with it like like the most important thing that I got from this book is love is a choice and love is a action not a feeling like I might not be feeling you right now but I can choose to love you Mm -hmm. And I think that's, like, missing from our generation. People don't want to work for their relationship. They just want it to be easy because it can't come easy. Like, oh, I'm mad at you. Oh, let me go download Tinder, and I can be meeting with a girl tonight. Tonight. Yeah, that's so true. And get back to what you said. Before I read this book, I thought love was a feeling, mm -hmm. you know? And when you don't feel that no more, you're like, I'm confused. But after reading, it's like you have to put in the work, mm -hmm. and then you have to like push for real love which is like not even the in love phase anymore it's like at this point i choose to love you no matter what like i'm going to try to learn who you are so yeah this book definitely helped me because i thought love was a feeling yeah mm -hmm. it love inspires a feeling yeah i do believe that but i think that feeling comes and goes mm -hmm. and so you might be on a high from that feeling at the beginning and you may come down from it but like you continue to work with your spouse to make sure y'all keep that love in your relationship, that feeling can come back, you know, mm -hmm. or you may go through a rough patch and then you go to counseling you try to cater to these love languages. That feeling can come back. So it's just um, committing to a lifelong process with one person. Yeah, It's like real love. I feel like it's two people that made a choice. Like I love this person and I'm going to be with this person no matter what comes up. We know how we can take time to talk about it and work through it. Like, make the choice to do that. Not just, oh, well, I'm not feeling them right now, so let me just give up on this because 
it's not worth it. Like, yeah, you got to make that choice to work through it. I think people um, have, they don't take marriage vows as seriously. Like, mm-hmm. if you really sit there and think about what you say during a wedding, during your marriage vows, it's like, I'm, it's just me and you through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. People don't, what, what am I trying to say? They don't value what you say during the wedding as much as, like, older generation. Mm-hmm. It's like, through thick and thin, if he don't cheat, through thick and thin, if he keep a job. Yeah. You know, that's not, I don't think that's what, like, a core value of marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you should fully understand marriage before you take that step. And I think it's important to know your spouse because marriage don't fix stuff. It's not going to fix anything. So if you guys have been dealing with issues like prior to marriage, taking that step is not going to fix it. It's probably just going to make it worse. And now you feel stuck. Yeah, that's true. And now now it's like legal. Yeah, now it's legal. I can't wait to have somebody to go to marriage counseling with. (laughs) You know? Or like premarital counseling. Yeah. Oh, no, no. That's what I meant. Premarital counseling. Uh Yeah, to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have um, like someone I know that's getting back to get married. And they were talking about, like, their path, the person that's going to marry them was, like, going to make them, like, do the premarital counseling. And they were upset the fact that that person wanted to, like, do premarital counseling. I was like, so that's not what you want to do? Like, you don't want to have the opportunity to talk through everything before you get married? Because, like, like, sometimes people get divorced over, like, money issues. But it's like, you should have talked about that before you got married. Like, before I get married, like, what's your debt? What's your credit score? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you handle money? Like, I want to know that before we get married. How you marry somebody and don't know their income? Yeah. I think people skill. I remember we was having this conversation, and I think Erica said it, where, like, people don't discuss finances. And it's like, how can you not discuss? Like, that is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people like, say it's like a touchy subject, which I do agree it is. But this is your, like, soon-to-be husband or wife. Mm-hmm. That's not, like, the one person in life you can open up to about something, even if it is a touchy subject. Like, baby, I'm broke, but I love you. Like, (laughs) y'all need to talk. And you can't be scared. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's not rich. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What type of broke we... I'm not saying that works for me. It might not work for y'all, but broke people want, like... Yeah. want to marry too but what type of broke like <laughs> is this about to be a forever broke like or are we broke but we're in school and we're we working school? Okay. or you working you got this plan and i can help you Yo. but if you broke for forever but you but he might be broke he's opening up to you admitting that but you see so much potential in him you see him building from the ground up that's your decision to stay he can't be scared to tell you yeah, those type true. of things. Like, what are you trying to do? Trap me? Mm-hmm. No, let me know from the beginning. And that's the kind of stuff that premarital counseling will force you to talk about. How yeah. you scared? You can't be scared. This mm-hmm. is your lifelong partner. And premarital um, counseling is so important. I know this couple. I actually graduated with a guy. And um, he was arguing with his spouse. Well, his future spouse. And he was like, they're completely done they weren't communicating and they went to premarital and it helped like unload so much information that they just wouldn't share with each other and just like things that he had went through you know within his childhood that they was able to squash out before they actually took that step and he said it took them six months but they figured it out and like they're so happy and they're like in this great space so i think that's a huge step to take to actually do counseling before taking that step. Yeah. 
Pretty and I also way. think like you may like y'all might have a relationship where you have open communication, but like when you go to the council and that person may bring up subjects that you didn't think about. Yeah. Like I don't know what he says or like hearing your views with this other like your husband's views or future husband's views with this other person in the room may open your eyes to something else and like yeah. may make you have deeper conversations than you were having before. Yeah, I totally agree. So does black girls read too support? The five love languages? I love the the five love languages and this may be a stretch. It changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it changed agree. my life. Um yeah. This book is eye like, opening. So thank you, Erica, because I've learned so much. Like yeah. you hear about five love languages and you're like, ah, uh, but it's important. Yeah, and they seem so simple, like you actually just read them without reading in depth of what they mean, they seem so simple, but they can literally save your marriage, mm-hmm. save your relationship. Yeah. So I I recommend this book For with everything in me. I recommend yeah. it to to everybody, anybody. And I'm like, if I say I'm 10 years into marriage and I feel like there's a hardship, I know to pull this book back out mm-hmm. and reread it. I think I feel like there's some gems like, in this book. Like every scenario or like different scenarios are in this book. You can picture yourself in certain situations. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. So I think this will be a good reference to refer back to, like, when you're going through like difficult situations if you're in a relationship. And I definitely think it's a good topic to bring up when you are dating. Uh, like, great conversation can come from this book. So, yeah, I recommend the Five Love Languages, and it was an easy read, not that long, not that hard. So. I definitely recommend it, the five love language, which I recommended it to y'all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I recommend <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I recommend it to everyone. Like Gianna said, it literally has potential to change your life. It has potential to change your relationship, every relationship you have in your life. And it just opens your eyes to just so much. And there's, like, so many, like, scenarios and just, like, Things you can use in this, like, the book, like, it says, like, writing down, like, you know, affirmations, like, just writing stuff down or just having a conversation, like, once a week with your spouse. What did you like this week that I, that, like, I did and what didn't you like? Like, it just helps you, like, just work through so many things and it just helps you grow as a person, wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend. And I definitely recommend, like, giving it while you're dating. Like, I personally have given this book to guys that I've dated. Or, like, I've talked about love languages with guys I've dated. And it literally showed me the guys that, like, aren't meant for me. Like, I had a guy, like, tell me that it's selfish of a girl to... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hit this, hit the thing. Whoa, whoa, no, whoa. Erica, if you're listening, still follow our page. Okay. We're going to get personal. And if you're listening to this, like, I hope it changes your life. And I hope you sit there and read this book so you can be good, a husband for your future wife. Not mine, but whoever you're going to marry one day. <laughs> y'all heard, not hers, but y'all get what she says. Somebody. No. But I literally, like, he like said he shows love by buying gifts, so he buy gifts all the time. The I guess his or his ex whatever wanted words of affirmation. And it's like why don't she just like accept the way that I love her? Like why does she want me to change the way that I've always loved? And I'm just like, That's you don't understand. Yeah, you don't yeah. understand what a relationship is. A relationship isn't just being comfortable with what you always been doing. A relationship is going to grow you. It's going to expand you. And yeah. it's not about just you. A relationship yeah. is not just about you the point is to find somebody that you care enough about 
to cater to their love language. And compromise a relationship, you got to compromise. Relationships are more complicated than people and social media try to make them out to be. And it's like, yeah. find somebody you're willing to put in that work for. Yeah, I guess it all depends on if that's the right person. It's not as complicated. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be perfect, but it's not as complicated. So maybe that's a sign. If you're just going through, going through, maybe you and that person aren't compatible. What if you give the book to somebody and they don't read it? Like, is that like a sign that this ain't it? No, that might be something deeper. Like, I just don't like to read. But <laughs> no, like, if you, you can sit it. there, you read it, you make notes, and you say, can we have some quality time, have an intimate conversation about love languages so we can identify ours, and they're not interested in even trying to give you that time or just trying to understand you or themselves to, like, be a better spouse to you, that's a sign. Jamie, you said enough. <laughs> cool. <laughs> So you said a mouthful. Oh. So with that being said, remember, black girls read. Read, sis.